You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great. Plenty to get to ahead on Locked On Cougars. We look back at 2011, the first year of independence for the BYU football program in our 100 seasons of BYU football. We will also catch up with BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga, an exclusive one-on-one conversation that I had with one of BYU's all-time greats at running back, now coaching the position he rose to prominence at. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. The women's soccer team opens their 2021 season tonight. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you by our title sponsor, Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out now at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado here on a Thursday, let's get it rolling. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 19th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast, your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports right here on Locked On Cougars. A reminder for you guys that we are still taking your submissions for a pair of tickets to see BYU take on Utah at at Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming up on September 11th. Looking forward to that. It will be a lot of fun. And if you guys want to be entered to win this, this is something I'm not doing on social media. It's only for you, the listeners of this podcast. The way you get entered is to submit your reason why you think you deserve a pair of tickets to hopefully watch BYU end that nine-game losing streak against the Utes. So if you want to do that, Email us locked on BYU at gmail.com or use our social media feeds, locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and look forward to seeing more and more submissions as we get closer and closer to that game. Now, on to other business on today's show. We're going to start off today with the 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. We've been doing this all summer long. We started it all the way back in April, if you can believe that. It's crazy to think it's come this far, but we're counting down until the 2021 season begins on September 4th against the University of Arizona. But the way we're doing that is we've been going back through every season that BYU has played. That brings us to, t- to today's year, 2011 for the BYU football program and 2011 is a very interesting year because it's the first year BYU officially is an independent program or became an independent program after decades and the better part of a century as members of various conferences during their football playing days but 2011 they announced their independence formally and went independent and they opened the game with a huge contest, I felt like, going to the Grove down there in Mississippi to take on Ole Miss, a game that many fans who I know that went to it will never forget, obviously. Kyle Van Noy becoming the hero in that game with his heroics to win the game seemingly single-handedly as they won the game 14-13. to The season, by the way, also got underway with a new offensive coordinator at the helm of the BYU football program, and that is none other than former BYU quarterback great, the Dominator himself. Brandon Doman gets elevated from his quarterback's coach position that he had held since joining Bronco Mendenhall's staff when he arrived at BYU in 2005. 
Well, Doman takes over as the offensive coordinator, and he eventually had a quarterback quandary on his hands because Riley Nelson, the former prep legend, had joined the BYU football program coming home off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He challenged incumbent Jay Keeps for the starting quarterback job. We'll talk about what happened this season that shifted the job, obviously, from Heaps to Riley Nelson, setting a new uh, kind of swing of things of how Jake Heaps' college playing career would play out because of that shift. But we'll get to that here in a moment. But BYU opened the season with that victory at Mississippi. The following week, they went to the University of Texas. I was in attendance at this game down there in Austin. I've actually been to both games that BYU's played in the past decade in Austin and some crazy games. It felt like BYU was going to hold on and beat Texas, but a crazy, uh, they got it, they got the lead, speaking of Texas, and it appeared that BYU on third down late in this game had a chance to get the ball back and just needed a field goal to win it. Well, Texas, Brian Harson, funny enough, the former Boise State head coach, if I recall, was the offensive coordinator called an audacious trick play on third down, got the Longhorns the first down they needed. I believe it was third and long. Crazy, crazy play. And Texas eventually holds on to win 17-16, to a disappointing game for the Cougars, getting them to 1-1. One and one. And then where the Jake Heaps um, experiment, if you want to call it that, or his run as starting quarterback for BYU began to unravel, came the following week as BYU hosted Utah for their first matchup in September. And I don't know how long. It might have been the first matchup in September ever as rivals. As the Utes went to Provo to take on the Cougars. And this game, many of you will recall, 54-10. Turnover City for BYU. Jake Heaps, uh, it's still immortalized in a gif on Twitter. You can see it, him trying to pick up the ball and failing multiple times. And a Utah player... Might have been Trevor Riley. I don't remember who it was. Falling on it for a touchdown. Just a cavalcade of errors as the Cougars are humiliated 54-10 to by their rivals in their home opener. That dropped BYU to 1-2 and two on the year. The following week, Central Florida UCF comes to town. Uh, the only time, by the way, that I, as a guy who's ever sat in, who has sat through literally hundreds of games, it feels like, in my life at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, maybe hundreds is too strong of a term, but many games in my life at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the only time I have ever been on the front row of a football game at LES was the Central Florida game. If you go back and watch the tape, I am in the uh, south end zone. You can see me in certain shots with some of my friends at that game. But BYU gets a big kick return from Cody Hoffman. They end up winning that game 24-17, to even in their record at 2-2. Two and two. But the quarterback issues are still are still there. Uh, it's very apparent that Jake Heaps just isn't really fitting with what Brandon Doman's looking to do at quarterback. And there are growing, I remember this was a conversation, there were growing calls to say, okay, is Riley Nelson going to get his fair shot? Is he the guy? Can he be the starting quarterback? This is the answer for this offense. Well, the answer would come the following week against Utah State. Now, this contest against the Aggies was one that BYU fans, I think, look forward to more than most they had faced against Utah State, obviously, over the past two decades before this. But it was because BYU had lost to Gary Anderson and the Aggies, and this game did not start very well for BYU. But midway through the game, Brandon Doman, and he admitted to this later on after his tenure at BYU ended, that he made the call midway through this game and said, you know what, I need to try a new quarterback and Riley Nelson was inserted into this game to face off against the team he actually had originally started his collegiate football career with, his hometown Utah State Aggies. 
He's facing his hometown squad, and he rallies BYU for a dramatic 27-24 victory. Uh, the pass from Riley Nelson, I believe it pinged off with McKay Jacobson. And then Marcus Matthews, the older brother of Mitch Matthews, hauls in the pass, giving BYU that thrilling 27-24 victory. It was uh, nuts because Cody Hoffman had caught a touchdown pass late to get BYU within four. And as I mentioned, that 13-yard pass to Marcus Matthews, just in dramatic fashion, BYU rallies. And this was the game that Robert Turbin, many of you will recall, the first play of the game goes 80 yards untouched off right edge down the sideline, and BYU can't catch up to him. And it felt like Utah State was going to get a second straight victory over the Cougars, but Riley Nelson comes to the aid of BYU and established himself from that point as it seemed to be the starting quarterback for the Cougars. But the quarterback situation remained very much in flux for the remainder of this 2011 season. So after beating Utah State, and I remember there were a lot of uh, BYU fans who rushed the field after that game. Kind of funny. Uh, There were a lot of Aggie fans who were having a field day with that. But nonetheless, BYU gets the victory to move to 3-2. The following week, they beat San Jose State 29-16. Then they go to Oregon State. And I thought this was actually one of the games that was the highlight of the season. Oregon State's a Pac-12 team. We all know that lower level Pac-12 team, but BYU goes to Oregon State midseason, October 15th, and gets out of there with a 38-28 victory. So suddenly, BYU's got a four-game win streak, folks. They're sitting at 5-2, and two, and things seem to be going well. They come home, crush Idaho State as an FCS opponent, as you expect, 56-3, but then they traveled to Jerry World to face off against TCU, and this game uh, featured what I was told. Uh, the turf for this game was laid down very very abruptly, and there actually were seams in the turf at this game at Jerry World. BYU players, I remember, complained about this in the aftermath, but they lost TCU 38-28, to dropping them at that point then to 6-3 and on the season. They followed that up with two relatively easy victories, smashing Idaho uh, 42-7, New Mexico State also 42-7, then finish off the regular season with a road trip to Hawaii to face off against the Rainbow Warriors on December 3rd. They beat the Rainbow Warriors 41-20. to And stunningly enough, all things considered, uh, with the quarterback situation that BYU had, they're sitting at 9-3 and on the year. And they get an invite to the Armed Forces Bowl where they head to Fort Worth, Texas to face off against Tulsa in the Armed Forces Bowl. And the legend of Red Alert comes alive in this game as Riley Nelson calls a fake spite, just pretty audacious play. Uh, it was a audible call. Red Alert throws a fade pattern to Cody Hoffman. He hauls in the touchdown pass, giving BYU the 24-21 to victory. So the first year of independence for BYU, despite what it seems like a lot of critical losses, they lost three games. They were 10-3, and a double-digit win season for BYU in their first year of independence. But I think we can all acknowledge the schedule very, very light. Uh, the likes of Idaho, New Mexico State, I, it's just... You, you don't go and crow about those. But the win over Oregon State was a big win. But those losses to Texas and Utah really felt like they took the momentum, the kind of the, the pub that BYU might otherwise have gotten that season after going 10-3. and three. It really kind of just took that publicity that they probably were craving coming out of that year. And I think, funny enough, and this is just one aside to all of this conversation, is that there have been a lot of people who have been naysayers of independence saying that, well, after you lose a game, what are you playing for? Okay, I get that, but I think the 2011 season is probably the evidence that backs up those haters in terms of what they say with that because, yes, you lose to Texas and Utah early in the season, and yeah, you put together a 10-win season after that, but 
really, what's the highlight win in there? The win over Oregon State, and then maybe the bowl win over Tulsa. There's just not a lot of there's a lot of nobodies after that. Maybe the thrilling win comeback win over Utah State. I don't know. So I think that's what backs up those people's assertions that independence is not sustainable. Whatever it is, Bronco Mendenhall obviously bought into that. It is my opinion that football is a game for competitors. These are young men who want to win. They want to play football. They are giving up. They're sacrificing their bodies, in some cases their minds with the head traumas we have learned, to go out and win games. They love the thrill of competition. And you know what? Conference races are great. BYU finds itself where it's it's not going back to the Mountain West Conference. It's not going to go back. It's not going back where it came from, folks. They're looking forward, and they're quite happy as an independent program. Yeah, they don't have a conference championship to play for. We get that. But they do have just the pride of going out there and competing and having the adulation of their fans behind them. And I think in many cases... That's just what I think BYU fans and BYU players, that's what they're chasing. They just want the thrill of competition. They want to win football games. And if that's not enough, then so be it. But the 2011 season, obviously a 10-win campaign. We'll talk about how year two in independence went for BYU. Riley Nelson, after Jake Heaps, by the way, decided after this season he was going to leave the program. They had split time throughout the year. Jake Heaps announces he is transferring. He ends up transferring to Kansas, of all places, to play for Charlie Weiss. I can freely admit that was an absolute boneheaded decision. It Just looking at it after the fact, I thought it was a boneheaded decision when he made the move. But Riley Nelson becomes the guy for BYU going into 2012, and we'll dig into that on tomorrow's podcast. Coming up next, though, a featured conversation with Harvey Unga, BYU running backs coach. Had a chance to catch up with him, speak one-on-one about his position group, what he expects from this upcoming season. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. And folks, many of us have been in situations, whether you've got a big presentation at work, you've had a really, uh, I think, what do we call it, a hot first date where you're going out with somebody and you're like, okay, I am just nervous as all get out. We've all pitted out. We've all sweated through our shirts. Well, if you guys want to avoid that embarrassing situation, Sweat Block is, to hear, is here to help you guys out. They are a clinical strength antiperspirant that lasts up to seven days, folks. It's absolutely insane how dry you will you will stay during those seven days, uh, for up to seven days. It's doctor created, it's doctor recommended, and they do have what they call their dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't fight to keep you dry, you will get your money back. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 Amazon reviews. You know, thousands of other people who have tried it. You can read their reviews by going online. But if you want to save some money and give it a shot yourself, you can go to sweatblock.com right now and save 20% using the promo code locked on. You heard that right. Sweatblock.com, promo code locked on for 20% off your order. You also can get them on Amazon or they're also on the shelves at your local CVS if you want to check that out as well. That's sweatblock.com, promo code locked on. And of course, Sweatblock is a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's take a minute today and talk about Elevate Fitness. It is a gym in Orem, Utah, but more importantly than that, folks, Elevate Fitness and their sister company, Insulin IQ, have been an absolute lifeline to me, and I want you guys to check them out as well. Rich Hart, of course, is the co-founder and the owner of Elevate Fitness, and he reached out to me back in March when I was really overweight. I think I weighed in the first time we met. I weighed at 263 pounds, folks. I was a hefty, hefty gentleman. But over the past six months, the system to Elevate and Insulin IQ have been having me on has ha- helped me lose over 40 pounds of fat. I, I, and I'm, folks, 
the craziest thing about this system is it's the power in its simplicity. It's not a diet plan. It's not having to count calories. It's super simple, but the impact of it is absolutely insane. You will learn about insulin and how incredible and how it just overall important it is in our everyday lives, especially when it comes to our bodies and more importantly, insulin resistance and how it affects us on just like a cellular and just our overall physique. It, the, the system is absolutely insane. I would love you guys to check it out. You don't have to be as hefty as I was to want to give this a shot. They want to get everybody healthy and more importantly, metabolically healthy. That is the key here with the guys over at Elevate Fitness. You can go online right now to insuliniq.com slash elevate to learn more about that. You also can sign up for a free consultation with Rich Hart. You can do that online from the comfort of your own home and there's no obligation beyond that, folks. It's really, really simple. Their coaches work with clients from around the globe, but if you're local in the Utah area, you can visit the facility in Orem at Elevate Fitness. It's 147 West, 400 North in Orem. It's been there for 25 years, just off of State Street. And by the way, I've seen with my own eyes, there are former BYU athletes and current BYU athletes who have worked out there in the past. You may run into a cougar or two while you're working out. So once again, that's insuliniq.com slash elevate. Check it out. Tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you stop by. Please be joined now by Harvey Unga, BYU running backs coach. Harvey, thanks for taking some time. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I guess let's start here. How good does it feel to have fall camp back and have it be somewhat of a normal fall camp as compared to a year ago? Oh, it's it's awesome. It's been it's been just way fun to have these guys back out here and and like you said, just to have the the normalcy back. It's um, you know, you kind of take those things for granted. Um, obviously, after last season, it was it was a little different, but it's it's way nice to be back out here and you know getting back into the normal swing of things. You've got a really unique position, I feel like, with your position group essentially coming back fully intact. You had Tyler Algier who had 1,000 yards a year ago. We saw Lopini Katoa, multifaceted role. How comfortable are you with all of those guys coming back? Oh, shoot. I, I mean, I uh, I thank every father every single day for, for those two. and They're a huge blessing for me um, in our room, um, on this team. You know, and, and it's uh, it's it's exciting just to have those guys there. You know, they, they've come a long way. Um, just been busting their butt off day in and day out. And, and it's just, for me, it's fun to see those guys, like all, all the, their hard work pay off. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. And it definitely uh, puts a lot of my mind at ease with those two. How much better can Tyler Algier get? Um, You know, it's, Honestly, that's that's a, that's a tough question because really it's up to Tyler, you know. Um, he, I think we saw, you know, a good portion of what Tyler's, you know, abilities are. Um, but I don't even I don't think Tyler knows just how good he is. You know, that that was the first time he actually had a full role and stint at the running back spot. And I, I think, I mean, his obviously we saw how talented he is, but I don't think he realizes how talented he is and. and you know, the possibilities as far as him understanding the full game and, and, you know, honing in on his protection skills um, as well as his running and then his, you know, receiving skills as well. So there's a lot out there that I think Tyler can still achieve and can still work on and still get better at. And, you know, like I said, it's really up to Tyler to to kind of 
tap into all of that. Where has Lopini Katoa improved the most this offseason? We saw him play multiple different roles for this team, but where has he improved the most in your opinion? Um, I, I think th- there's a couple different areas I feel like he definitely um, improved on. One is just understanding the, the game as a whole and, and this offense as a whole. Um, last year, I think he had a good idea. And, and, you know, he knew his job as far as the run game, the pass game and everything. But I've, just in this past offseason, he's done a lot of studying, a lot of you know, um, walkthroughs and, and kind of personal stuff where he's actually taking it on himself to understand the entire offense and, and the whole schematics of, of each play. And to me, that's, um, that's kind of that's more on a professional level type deal when, when guys are able to understand the full scheme of our offense and understand, you know, why the receivers are running what routes and the linemen are blocking which guys or, you know, where we're trying to set up plays and where we're trying to go on, on certain plays and certain times. It's, you know, that, that kind of stuff to me is, is huge. And especially when you got somebody like being the, you know, a leader, he can kind of help guide these other younger guys along the way. We heard uh, Coach Roderick mention on Saturday, this past Saturday at the scrimmage, that he really likes what Miles Davis has been showing, I guess, as a, as a third-string guy, potentially. What is the difference between Miles and other running backs on this roster? Um, yeah, no, Miles, is he's, the kid has a, a lot of playmaking abilities. Um, he, he's one of those guys where, uh, you don't have to really tell him how how to run the ball or how to run routes and stuff. He just he's got a natural feel for the game, and, and um, it's it's fun to see because that kind of stuff you can't really coach. You know, he just he goes out there, you know, really just plays off of his instincts and reacts, you know, really well to the defense and what's coming at him. Um, so that that kind of stuff is, is just fun to see. You put him out there, put the ball in his hands, and then let him go and. Um, it, you know, he, he does a great job at that. And obviously the other part too, you can't coach the speed. Miles is super fast. Um, so that, that's another, you know, huge upside for, for him, um, for our room and for the offense. It's been a big blessing, uh, to have Miles, um, you know, with us. And, and it's, it's been, it's good to see, you know, he's, he's come a long ways from last year, learning the offense, you know, making that position change. Um, but he's done such a good job at it, and, and I'm, I'm excited for him. You know, he's, I, I feel like he's definitely pushing, you know, the starters, and, and on top of it, you know, there's a couple other guys that he's competing with for that third spot, and every single day he comes out here and puts out some great film and does some really, really good stuff. So it's been fun to see him just kind of let loose and do his thing. One of those guys he's competing with is Hinkley Ropati. He's back off that ACL injury that he had a year ago. How has he improved? Are you going to be photoshopping your head onto his uh, body at some point? <laughs> oh, I wish too. That I mean, he's one of those guys that you kind of make on your Madden games where they're like a hundred and everything, and their muscle physique is perfect. Uh, um, but no, Hinkley's king. He's come a long way, you know, from recovering off his injury last season to now just just improving his game. Um, he's he's definitely, I would say, he's one of the more athletic guys in the group. Has the ability to run routes. Has great hands. Um, 
another surprising. He's another speedster. He's actually pretty fast. Um, but like, I mean, the guy's rocked up. So he runs with a lot of power and a lot of, uh, you know, strength behind it too. So it's, I mean, it's, it's been fun. Like I said, this, this room, it's, we got a fun room and guys bring so many different, uh, dynamics of the game to the table and, and each of them have their strengths and whatnot. But, um, Fola is one of those guys that, you know, I feel comfortable with him being in on every down, you know, whether it's third down, first down, whatever it is, he's good at pass protection and can run routes when you need him to. And, um, has, you know, good running abilities as well. So, Harvey, I wanted to ask you, you don't need to delve into specifics, but are you expecting Sione Finau back at some point? We have not seen him during our media sessions yet. Yeah, no, we definitely, definitely, um, planning on having Sion and stuff. He's, he's still taking care of um, his body and, and trying to, you know, recover a little bit here and there. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have him. Like we're, we're planning on having him out here and um, he'll, he'll be joining us shortly. So, All right. Two other guys I want to ask you. I want to ask you about Jackson McChesney. I think a lot of people are excited to see him after what he showed against Navy in the season opener a year ago, then got injured and was lost for the year. What can Jackson do this year, in your opinion, to help bolster this this unit? Um, so Jack is another one of those guys too that, that's a lot like like Beanie, um, skill wise. You know, great hands, can run routes, um, has the ability to actually. If we want to motion him out, we can do that and have him run routes out there. Um, but he's also. I mean, we've seen him run the ball too, and, and um, the kid's a phenomenal runner. So. He brings that to the table, and then, like I said, with with along with Beanie, um, he's he's more. Of, I would I would consider him more of like a, a veteran player. Um, he takes pride in understanding the scheme of the offense. Um, he knows what every other position is doing and why they're doing what they're doing. But then, on top of it, like he's able to teach that to you know Miles and and Fulal and, and um, or Hinkley and. Mason Fakul, like some of these younger guys, and um, to me, it—I mean—it helps a ton when you got guys teaching these other players. Um, to me, I, I feel like they retain the offense a lot better. And sometimes I'm sure they're just sick of hearing me talk. So, <laughs> kind of nice. <laughs> I think every player could say that at some point. Even you, back in your playing days, you think you get tired of your coach at some point, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. we've we've all been there. Uh, last guy I wanted to ask you about, and I'm going to ask you this question, just kind of comparison back to your playing days. You teamed up with Manasse Tonga, and I thought that you guys were quite the tandem. But who does Mason Fakahua remind you more of, yourself or Manasse? Ooh, that's tough. Um, honestly, I feel like he's a mixture of both. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's he's a mixture of both of us in, in different ways. Size wise, I mean, um, Mason and I have similar body builds and, and whatnot. But um, skill wise, I mean, he he does a lot of great things that Manasse you know did, and, and um, I think he, he carries you know some skills that I that I have as well too. So I think he's a good mixture, in my opinion. So we'd like to hear, uh, is he going to be playing more of a, a true running back role or will he be kind of a hybrid guy? Um, I, well, 
I don't really label my guys as hybrid guys. Okay. Like, okay. In this room, I tell these dudes they better do everything. You better be able to run routes. You better be able to catch the ball. You better run the ball and protect. So, if if that's the definition of hybrid, then I mean they all have to be hybrid back then. Fair enough. Uh, last thing for me, Harvey, here is what are your expectations for this group? Are you preaching to them that, hey, you, you guys should expect to be the focal point of this offense? What are you preaching to them during fall camp here? Um, more than anything, like pretty much the same thing that Kalani's talking about, just, you know, loving each other, taking care of each other, looking after each other, and then learning the game of football. Um, I, if they, I feel like if they take care of those two things, we'll be fine. Like I'm not asking them to do, you know, way too much and and um i don't i don't want them to i don't know i guess stress or worry about you know having uh, the weight of the team on their shoulders or whatever like i i would hope just by them loving their teammates and and um, one of the things we preach is just being selfless like i would hope that they would kind of feel that burden and, and take it on themselves um but i you know i I don't really try to put that on them or, or, you know, make them feel that kind of stress. I try not to at least. Fair enough. Well, coach, thanks again for taking some time and look forward to catching up with you as the season progresses. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. There you go. Harvey Unga. Great chat. Talking about all the guys in his position room. Hopefully you guys learned a little bit more about what's going on. And just one note real quick. I can talk a little bit about this on the Sione Finau front. You heard him talk about that he expects Sione Finau to come back. What I've been told in regards to Sione Finau is a twofold issue. He's dealing with a health issue. Uh, his knee is not fully healthy. So obviously trying to get back to full strength there. It's nothing super concerning based on what I've been told by people inside the program, but he's also dealing with making sure that everything off the field is handled as well. Make of that what you will, but I've been told it's an off-field issue. And anymore, if I am going to just speak frankly, it seems to normally be an academic issue. That's just what I typically default to in these situations, but a lot of people have been wondering about Sione Finau's situation, and hopefully that gives a little clarity on where things stand. But nonetheless, a huge thank you to Harvey Unga for taking the time to speak with us here on Locked On Cougars. We are way over time on today's show, but we will wrap up things next with a couple of thoughts on the women's soccer program opening their 2021 campaign tonight there at Southfield. We'll get to that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Bet Online. Folks, the football season is on its way. Football teams are back on the gridiron going through training camp, getting ready to start their seasons. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest that are open now at BetOnline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Ooh, 100% welcome bonus. That's an update, folks. Give that a shot. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day Super Promo as well. What it is, you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th NFL opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, on to horse racing. Don't wait and make sure you take advantage of all the great offers available for the upcoming 2021 season. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
One final time out on today's show to talk about our good friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's obviously impossible for your local chain auto parts store or dealership to stock all the parts your vehicle might need. Why would you go and have them look up things on a computer when you have that same resource right in your pocket with your phone or on your computer at home? They can only pick, and speaking of the people at those auto parts stores or the dealership, they can only pick from a warehouse that maybe has a limited selection of the manufacturers and the parts available to them. Rock Auto is here with every available feature for you guys. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com? It's a family business, been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online, and the best part is all their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for all of your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck now. Make sure to write Locked On or Locked On Cougars in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, folks, two quick notes for you before we go on today's show. First off, BYU Women's Volleyball Program has been ranked number 15 in the AVCA Coaches Division I preseason poll that was released earlier this week. The Cougars uh, finished at number 15 in the spring season. They were nationally ranked every week of this past spring season they just played. Well, the Cougars obviously will be looking to move up in the national polls. Texas is the number one team in the country with 32 first-place votes, but BYU representing the WCC West Coast Conference very well and still obviously a national contender in many people's eyes. A nice spot to start for them and we'll look forward to seeing how they progress throughout the upcoming season. Their season gets underway here very quickly, but a season that does start tonight is the women's soccer program. The Cougars will be taking on Ohio State. The Cougars on the women's soccer side of things also ranked number 15 in the preseason poll. They're taking on the Buckeyes tonight at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. The game is going to be broadcast on BYU TV as well as the BYU TV app. Radio coverage will also be on the BYU Sports Network, BYU Radio 107.9 FM. Audio play-by-play also available on the BYU Cougars app and BYUCougars.com slash live radio. Greg Rubel will be on the call for that game. BYU returns 10 starters from the 2020 uh, spring season. They enjoyed an 11-4-1 overall record, a second round appearance in the NCAA tournament, expecting to do better this year and a very, very stiff test against a Big Ten squad in the Ohio State Buckeyes to kick off their season. But best of luck to Coach Rockwood and her squad as they get things going officially tonight out there at Southfield. We'll recap that game tomorrow and obviously continue to look throughout the upcoming season how the Cougars look in every game upcoming. Women's soccer, Southfield, it is one of the better venues, I think, in BYU sports. If you've not enjoyed a game out there, I would encourage you to get out and give it a shot. So once again, 7 o'clock tonight will be uh, the matchup set to begin there at Southfield between the Cougars and the Buckeyes. And best of luck to Coach Rockwood and the rest of the BYU women's soccer program. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. A long show once again. Apologies for that. Trying to tighten it up again tomorrow, but who knows? We'll see what we have on tomorrow's podcast for you guys. But in the meantime, hope you all are doing great. Follow the show on social media once again, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LockedOnCougars. Our email address, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And as always, have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 19th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys manana. Manana.